Welcome to Central Assembly's podcast. Here is a message from our lead pastor, Kurt Jenkins. We pray this message speaks to you. So for three months, uh, we have gone through a series simply called Holy Spirit. My prayer, uh, my hope is that you have a solid biblical foundation and theology of who the Holy Spirit is, uh, what his purpose is, how he operates in this earth, how he operates in our lives and upon our lives for the benefit of other people. I pray and I hope that you have a more intimate walk with him and more intimate relationship with him, that you trust him more, that you're listening to him more, that you're following his leading more and that you are more filled up uh, with him than ever before. And I wanna conclude uh, today's series on the gift of prophecy. We talked about tongues and tongues of interpretation a few weeks ago. Pastor Steve Junta was here. He's the one planting the church outside of Philadelphia. Talked about spiritual gifts. Uh, But when Paul was talking about it, he gave priority uh, to the gift of prophecy. And I wanna talk a little bit about why today because it's not just uh, everybody is supposed to prophesy in a public service, but it's supposed to be a part of our life and a part of our culture and we'll see that as we're, uh, as we're going on here. Now, at the end of service today, I'm actually just going to release a, a prophetic word uh, that was submitted to me two weeks ago today. I believe it was just two weeks ago. It was over at Pursuit. Uh, Chris Burgess, one of our members, shared it with me and uh, just talking with him and just praying about it. We, I didn't feel like it was the, the right time that night. And I've just continuously prayed uh, throughout these last two weeks about when he would want it uh, to be released to the body I believe that the Lord's saying it's today. Uh, So we're gonna call things out and some of them are are, are really personal and it's not to embarrass anybody. We're not gonna ask you to come forward individually. Uh, We're just gonna say, listen, if any of these things after it's released applies to you, we're gonna call you forward. We're gonna pursue God together. And I I do believe that we're gonna see miracles today. So on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two, we've talked about it many times. The Holy Spirit was poured out upon the church. That was the beginning of the church age which was also the beginning of what we call the last days, knowing that Jesus is the soon coming king, right? He came once in the form of a babe and he's coming back in the form of our king and our savior. So on this day of Pentecost, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's nine o'clock in the morning and they begin to speak in other languages that many of them around can actually understand. So they start accusing these guys. They're like, these people are drunk. Peter stands up and he's like, there's no way that these guys are drunk. And he begins to talk about what is actually happening this day. And in Acts chapter two, verse 16, it says, what you see, so what is happening on that day was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. So I'm not gonna ask you to flip back, but if you go back to Joel chapter two, you'll see this prophecy quoted that now Peter is saying what you're seeing happen today is what Joel talked about many, many years ago. And this is what it says. In the last days, which again, this is the church age. It's the last days. We're waiting for the return of Christ, but we're not waiting with sitting on our hands. We're busy doing work. We're busy advancing the kingdom of God. It's not our job to try to be, con- or not, not to try to, it's not our job to be consumed with when he's returning. It's our job to be ready for his return. 
Does that make sense? There's a difference. You can get so consumed with all the timelines and all the happenings in the earth that you take your eyes off of actually advancing his kingdom and listening to the Holy Spirit every day. So these are the last days leading up to the last day, which is the final judgment of all mankind. So it says here, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Not just the wealthy, not just the poor, not just the man, not just the woman, not just the Israelite or Jew, not just the Gentile. He says, in these days, in these last days, the Father is going to pour out his spirit upon all people. I love that promise there. So it doesn't disqualify any of us here because the promise is for all of us. And he goes on to say in verse 17, it says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, what are those days? The last days, we're still in the last days. It says, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants. Some of your translations say bond servants. Some of your translations say slaves. And it says here, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I love this second sentence in verse 17. The young men will see visions and the old men will dream dreams. How the Bible was written is talking about men. Obviously, it's including men and women in this. What I like about this is it shows that you're never too young to have an encounter with Jesus. You're never too young to experience something supernaturally. Young folks here, you're never too young to have a, a spiritual dream that's from God that's gonna prophesy about something happening in your family, in your school, or in your life to come. It's not, it, it, you're never too young to have a vision from the Lord. I'm not talking about like a vision from life, a spiritual vision. A lot of times we as adults disqualify them. They're still learning. No, the moment they say, yes, they are still learning. But the moment they receive Jesus, they have the same spirit in them as you have in you and that Jesus had in him. So I love that verse. He's saying, when the Holy Spirit is poured out on all people, the young men, the youngsters will see visions. It says that the old men and the old, I believe the old women included will dream dreams, which means no matter what your age, no matter if you're retired from your career or not, you're not too old to continue to dream with the Lord. You're not too old. It's not about the good old days. It's not about what happened back then. If you have breath in your lungs, men and women in the church, our prime timers, our older adults, if you have breath in your lungs, then you have the capacity to have a dream in your heart to pour out into a younger generation. I love how this sentence is, is uh, sandwiched around prophecy because I believe as, as young people uh, begin to believe that they can actually receive from God and they begin to speak prophetically, I believe it will reignite a passion in our older senior saints. And as our senior saints say, you know what? God's not done with me. I'm gonna to continue to speak the things the Lord has for me. I'm gonna to begin to pour out on a younger generation. I believe it's going to ignite a prophetic gift inside of our youngsters that they might not know that they have. So this is why we're the body of Christ. That's why he's saying, listen, he's saying he's gonna pour out his spirit even on servants. Do you know servants didn't even own their body? If they were slaves, they didn't even own their body. And yet scripture says, by the blood of Jesus Christ, we were bought with a price. So we're no longer under ownership of ourselves. And he's saying, I'm gonna pour my Holy Spirit out on every single person. And it doesn't say that they might prophesy. It doesn't say, listen, 
If you're a spiritual elite and you've attended church 89% or more throughout the year, and if you read a certain translation, then you might prophesy. No, he's just saying, listen, you all get the Holy Spirit and you will all prophesy. Now, when, when a pastor from a pulpit says the word prophesy, we think it's somebody calling out in a church service, which it absolutely includes that, and that builds up the whole body. But speaking prophetically is simply hearing what the Lord's saying to you and speaking it forth. So my desire is for the Lord to move in, a, in, a, in an effective and an efficient way in our church services, as much as he does in our small groups, and as much as he does in your life, when you are at work, when you're in a restaurant or whatever. So, so yes, it is a spiritual gift. It is something that's naturally supernatural. The Lord does something supernatural through your voice saying, speaking to you where you receive what I call a spiritual download. It might be a thought, an idea, something to encourage you. Like it's just, a, it's a divine setup. Anytime you get a waiter or a waitress that walks to your table that looks miserable or sad and just isn't connecting with you, you can just, just chalk it up as the Lord wants me to, to put a smile on that person's face. So the moment you say, God, what can I say to that person that's gonna put a smile on their face? You're now opening up your heart for him to speak prophetically through you. You haven't taken any classes on it. You haven't taken any trainings on it. It's you and Holy Spirit and your willingness to say yes and your willingness to speak out. So though it is divine and it's supernatural and it's special, it's also naturally how we're supposed to walk as Christians. Men and women alike, they will prophesy. We talked about that gift of tongues that Paul talked about a few weeks ago, a gift of prophecy and tongues. They're both divinely inspired utterances, which means God initiates it, but then we partner with him by giving the utterance. I don't believe he's gonna force us to do any of this, but we're walking with him to speak prophetically. This word prophecy simply means this, to speak under the influence of divine inspiration with or without reference to future events. Again, when we think about prophecy, you might think of uh, channel 40 at 11 o'clock at night when they're just lining up all of the prophecies to end time events and so on. But prophecy is simply that divine utterance, that supernatural utterance with or without uh, these future events. I believe prophecy unlocks things that bind people. Prophecy gives freedom where there's captivity. It gives potential where there seems to be a dead end. It gives hope where there's hopelessness. It reveals hidden treasures where the dirt of life has covered all those things through circumstances. The prophetic actually answers questions when you've been seeking for that answer for years and years. I've seen it happen. People wondering and searching, oh, what am I supposed to do with my life? What is my next step? One prophetic word comes. And it doesn't have to be a, thou sayest the Lord. No, you know what? Hey, I've been praying for you and I'm getting a sense in my heart that Lord, the Lord wants to do this and this and this and this and this. And you start to see tears come down and you start to, to feel connected with them in the heart. One moment of being willing to be used by the Lord, by him speaking to you and then speaking through you can answer a question that's been asked for years. It can give solutions to problems that people have had for years just because of our willingness. So I believe when it says here, in those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I believe we need to come to a point in our life 
of we're not disqualifying ourselves anymore, we're not saying we haven't been Christians long enough, we don't know enough of the word, then you continue to learn the word and you continue to spend time uh, with the Lord in prayer. But you don't say, oh, he can't use me yet. Trust me, I'm wired. I'm, I'm like a, 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 a detailed person. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a plans and processes and charts kind of guy. It is not in my comfort zone. It is not in my comfort zone to speak on behalf of the Lord with something that like I didn't just read from the Bible, but I feel like his voice is saying. I still get the cold, clammy hands and still get nervous, but I know that he can use me. We've seen it happen. I mean, even just recently, uh, just, just there, we, we were here praying at the altar. It was during a special service and there was someone that I just looked over and this individual was praying I felt like the Lord had said, they already have the breakthrough that they're praying for right now and they're just living under the lie that they're still in this, that they've been forgiven and they're past it and they're free from it. So I'm like, that's like so, that's like so simple. And like, you know, so I delayed even on it. And this is like altar time. This is church service. I'm allowed to be a pastor and Christian. It's expected. But I just paused on it. But just coming over in a conversation of voice and sharing it and seeing the tears begin to flow and seeing things begin to break through and seeing that complete agreement. Yes, I've been living under, you know, this pressure or guilt or whatever under it. If I wouldn't have said that, Yes, I can believe, yeah, well, the Lord will find somebody else to do it and the Lord will do this and that. Or I could have the conviction that he actually wants to use me and you to speak breakthrough in somebody's life. And it does not have to happen with 300 of you looking at me. This is like right in your neighborhood, right? Find, find the one neighbor who just seems the most downtrodden. Just ask the Lord, what can I say to them the next time I see them that will put a smile on their face? Give them a greater hope that there is a God who exists that loves them, that has a purpose and a plan for their life. And now be relational with them. Be loving toward them. And begin to speak in faith. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul, uh, when we look at the love chapter in chapter 13, we always read those at weddings. That is, that is sandwiched in between two chapters on spiritual gifts. So he's not, he's not talking about a husband and a wife at that point. He's talking about how we operate in love with one another through spiritual gifts. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, it says this, let love be your highest goal. Second sentence. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit, the Spirit gives you, especially the ability to prophesy. So what this says, what, what, what I think this is saying because of in Acts chapter two, when it says that men and women alike, they will prophesy is this. You can have the gift of hospitality and mercy, teaching, giving, leadership. You can have that as a specialized ministry gift that the Lord has given you and be able to prophesy. Does this make sense? So like maybe somebody is gifted in, in prophecy of giving words, prophetic words in a church service where they're gifted to give these words that we're gonna, going to speak over the entire congregation. That is the spiritual gift. And with that, we're still walking in the ability, no matter what you're gifted in, to prophesy. So no matter what your spiritual gift tests say, no, I'm, I'm leadership and I'm giving and I'm teaching. The prophecy is like way down here. That's fine. That just might not be for a public service. You can absolutely speak with the divine utterance as you're opening yourself to the Lord. So he's saying here, why, why, I'm asking myself, why don't more people, why aren't more people willing to do that? Knowing I'm not wired that way and I'm uncomfortable doing it, but I've stepped out to do it and I'm, I'm trying to do it as a natural part of my life as much as I can. It says here, you should also desire. So I'm asking, why don't people do it? I think because people are afraid to do it. They feel like they're gonna mess up. 
So when this is attached to love, if love is your highest goal, now you can desire to speak on behalf of God with God speaking to you first. So we take ourselves out of love and we're like, okay, this gifting and that gifting and what if I mess up and what if they laugh at me? What if they say I'm dead wrong? All that stuff. You started with the gift. Like Pastor Vicky said, seek first the kingdom and he's gonna take care of the rest of this. In his kingdom is love, right? Joy, peace, righteousness, all those things. So if love is our highest goal, if I truly love my neighbors who are lost, if I truly care for someone, a waiter or a waitress that I've never met before, but just looks distraught, looks miserable, if my Christian love can extend that far, then I would want to be able to speak on behalf of God after he speaks to me because that person may never step foot in the church walls to hear a message of the gospel. So it's not, a, it's not even about the gift. It's about do we love people enough to want to partner with the Holy Spirit to use our mouths to get them closer to the Father so their body hurts less, so their soul is more healed up, so the addiction isn't there anymore. It's when love is the highest goal. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, just one chapter back, he's talking about this. He says, listen, if I could speak in all the languages of earth and angels, but didn't love others, I would be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, if I understood all the secret plans of God and possessed all knowledge, if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. When you are speaking a word that you feel like the Lord is speaking and you're not operating in love, it will cause guilt, it will cause division, it will cause fear, but you release that same exact word with love being your motive, it will do what the Bible says it's gonna do. It's gonna bring strength and encouragement and comfort. I've seen it done before. I've seen words, I've seen people share words. I'm like, that is definitely on because I know this person, but it's done in this like judgmental cutting way. And it has the opposite effect of, of what the gift of prophecy is supposed to do. So I've given this example before, is that we as Christians are commissioned into being postal workers. And what we are in charge of doing is delivering the right mail to the right people at the right time. And we don't have to complicate this. All right, a mailman doesn't have to come in or a mailwoman doesn't have to come in every day and get nervous and say, okay, 123 Smith Street. I don't know where that is. no. They get the mail that day and they look at it. They take it to the address the day they get it and they give it to the right person at the right time, right? If I took something for 123 and I took it down to 157, hey, this person deserves mail too, but it's the wrong mail. This person's gonna be hurt by it and this person's gonna be hurt. Or if I get 123 Smith Street, but I put it in my pocket for three weeks and it's a bill that's due in a week. I said, wait, it's the right mail. It's the right person, but I'm gonna wait on it. I'm nervous about giving this piece of mail to that person. Guess what's gonna happen? It's going to hurt that person. Right person, right mail, wrong time. Our responsibility is to deliver the messages that God has for people to the right people at the right time with the right message. I remember a time there was a, a lady, she didn't like look distraught or anything like that. I just felt like I was meeting with somebody else for um, a counseling session, whatever you want to call it, at a restaurant. 
And the Lord just said, this person, this lady is in major transition. She's scared. She does not know what way to go. She does not know me. I just feel like he's just like whispering these things. It's not like I haven't like heard the audible voice of God, right? Just, I'm just feeling like she, this lady is in a major season of transition, does not know what way to turn. She doesn't know me as Lord and Savior, but just tell her I'm with her to help her. Okay, so I wasn't supposed to like ask her, do you know Jesus, Lord and Savior? I said, listen, I said, I'm a Christian. That, you know, as you're just serving stuff, I just feel like the Lord wants, wants uh, you to know that he's with you, that you're in a major season. Da, 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 da. Just starts crying. I'm right in the middle of a restaurant. So I, I am, I am. I, I am completely, I don't know what to do if I should start college or if I should continue to work here or if I should get a job. I don't know if it was with her parents or something. She's at a major crossroads in life. And leaving there, did she know Jesus as Lord and Savior? No, she didn't. But did I deliver the right message to the right person at the right time? I did. If the Lord said, listen, you better ask her this and this. No, I felt like at that moment, this lady needed to know a God existed that knew enough about her life that he would speak through a stranger that God knows of where she was in life and is with her to give her wisdom before she even knows Jesus as her savior. That's a pretty loving God. So she can go home and think, wow, that guy didn't try to convert me. He didn't he force me to come to church. He didn't ask me if I was gonna go to hell when I died. He just said, there's a God that loves me that's with me. And it's not because I'm a pastor. Nobody, like I didn't have my lanyard on that day. Hi, lead pastor at Central. I'd like to deliver a message, right? I ordered my salad and then told her the message. And you know what? My hands were sweaty and I was nervous. What if she looks at me? I mean, all those things run through your head. Right person, right message. If I would have waited two, three weeks, it would have been an untimely message. When Paul Martini was here, I know some other people have said it before, but he was the first one I heard say, he said, delayed obedience is disobedience. So if you're gonna be willing to ask the Lord, what can I say to put a smile on this person's face? What can I say? What do you wanna say to this person? Then be willing to obey as soon as the Lord gives you a whisper in that. 1 Corinthians 14, verse three. I'm gonna just talk about this one verse for a few moments and then we're gonna, we're gonna go to prayer. It says this, the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Three things, strengthens them, encourages them, and comforts them. What you're doing when you're prophesying, whether it's in a church service to the entire church or to somebody else who's a Christian that might just be walking around on a Sunday morning or whether it's out in public, it should add strength, encouragement, and comfort. It should be adding spiritual value to their life. So the more strength they have, the more faith they can have, right? When somebody's strengthened up on the inside, they can walk in greater faith that God's going to bring breakthrough than where they were before you released that word. And as you encourage them, the more encouraged they are, the more hope they're going to have. They can see, see the horizon. They can see the sunlight. They can see where God possibly wants to take them now. And the more comfort that you can bring to somebody through a word from the Lord, the more trust they're gonna have in God. I mean, think about that times when you were afraid if you had a good relationship with your parents or your grandparents, and they were just able to hold you and comfort you. Your trust level skyrockets whenever you receive comfort for somebody. So when you're releasing these, it's not about, oh yeah, I remember this Christian that gave me a word from the Lord. No, 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 who cares? Like this is name tag Sunday. Take your name tag off before you go to the restaurant. They don't need to know you, right? What I wanna know is that when you go home, they're saying, does he really exist? 
I think there's a God out there. What in the world just happened to me today? I, I want the Holy Spirit to be able to minister to them when they lay down tonight and the lights are off and nobody else is around them. The Holy Spirit's just like, do you remember what was spoken? Do you remember how you were ministered to? You're stronger now. You're encouraged. You're comforted. I believe that this is simply what we're called to do. Not just this church. I believe any church of any Christian denomination, as soon as you say yes to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit in you and you can speak on behalf of him after he speaks to you. So it's important to be in your word so you know what his promises are. So when he starts to bring things up in your heart, your confidence is there and you're willing to do it. Even this fall, there's very practical training. It's a, it's a group that's gonna be here on Wednesday nights. It's called Basic Training for Prophetic Ministry. It's not just to train up so we have 80 people when we're all gathered together. It's so the life of the Spirit flows through us naturally, supernatural. So Adam, you can come up. I'm gonna read six ways, six very practical ways that you can actually be activated in this. It's basically what I've done in my own life. Uh, you see it in the life of Jesus, Peter, uh, Paul, speaking words of knowledge, words of wisdom. I think, I believe all those things are prophetically speaking because you're simply using a divine utterance that he's giving you. So I'm just gonna give you six practical ways and then we're gonna start calling some of these things out. First one is to die to yourself, right? It says that our old, our old ways, our old nature is dead. Christ now lives in us. So when we die to our pride, when we die to our own will, then we won't be worried about failing because love never fails. I've heard uh, a pastor say before, dead people can't be offended, dead people can't be rejected, and dead people can't have their feelings hurt. So if you're truly dead to yourself, you can speak on behalf of God after he speaks to you. Listen to what I'm saying, because some of you are gonna go, I'm like, he wants us to speak on behalf of, I thought that was his Old Testament. No, 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 after he speaks to you, and you just speak in love. But you have, to be, you have to be dead to your own will. Ask God, second practical way, ask God to highlight a person. When you wake up, to say, God, highlight a person to me. I was at the, the, the gym first time in four months. The other day, and I was asking him, I'm working out and I'm just asking him, God, will you highlight somebody? I'm about to preach this, like, will you highlight somebody? Will you highlight somebody? Just looking around, looking around. I didn't feel any unction, any inspiration in any way. So you know what I did? I kept working out and then I went home because I'm not going to fake it. <laughs> I'm not going to try to make something happen. God, if you want to highlight somebody to me today, highlight them. What does that mean? When you see them, when you lock eyes with them, when you watch them walk down the road, something's going to rise up. You're going to get some type of, of, of uh, warmth in your heart. It's a warming in your heart. It's a new thought that would have popped in that's from him that wouldn't be from you. Now that I'm saying to ask God for it, now you'll know it. It's hard to explain. You say, God, just highlight somebody to me. It'll just be like, whoop, a little highlighter will go across in your thoughts and you'll know it's them. You know what I do next? God, what do you want me to say to them? Never once, and now even the example I used just a few minutes ago, never once, that's probably one of the longer ones he'd given me. Never once has he given me everything I was supposed to say all at once. A word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or a prophetic word. It's usually like a word or a phrase. You're like, I'm really going to do this. Okay, I have like three words to say. And then you say, you know what? I'm a Christian. I'm learning how to hear the voice of God and encourage people with it. And I feel like God wants to say this to you. And I share this and every time without fail, there will be more that just flows. 
You know, and I think if he would give us the entire paragraph, we would try to memorize that thing before we went up to him. Okay, so, okay, God, I'm just gonna write this down. And then it would be our own. It's not his anymore. So he gives you a little bit. So I just said, God, what do you want me to say? And this is not like a belabored thing. This is all within seconds. Step four, quick, oh, I'm sorry, back, back to three. What do you want me to say? Make sure it strengthens, encourages, and comforts. I always tell people, don't prophesy someone's problem. They already know their problem. Prophesy their potential. If God shows you a problem in somebody's life, say, what is the biblical potential and promise to that? They're on drugs, they're in this, they're doing this, they're doing this. Okay, God, thank you for letting me know that. Now, how can I use this word to strengthen, encourage, and comfort? And even a rebuke can be encouraging to somebody if it's done in love. What is the promise? What is in his word? What is the potential that leads to that? Number four, quick obedience. I own this one because I've failed at it so many times. Quick obedience. He gives it to you. Do it. Just do it. Just do it. You will talk yourself out of it. Start to rationalize how they're going to respond to you. You are the postal worker. Listen, if every postal worker was nervous about delivering every bill because that person's going to say, like, come after them. You gave me another bill for my mortgage. You gave me my... No, 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 no. The postal worker is delivering the right mail to the right person at the right time. They are not worried about how it's received. So if love is our goal, deliver the mail. Deliver the mail. So quick obedience is four. Number five, don't add or take away. Just say what he wants you to say. And if he gives you more after you begin to speak out, do that. But don't go into it. I've done it before and then I haven't done it. I've seen both sides of it where I'll say something and then I'll say, so what I think this might mean is, like, no, 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 this isn't an interpretation. This is a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom or a prophetic word. So just give you, even if he says, you know what, I'm just hearing this word, whatever it is, that thing can mean a lot more than you trying to interpret what that means. And number six is this, leave the results to God. You're not God. You're a postal worker for God. So leave the results to him, however they respond to it. So this is what I wanna do. I wanna just spend the rest of our time. I wanna, I wanna release this word that was given to me. Chris, I'm just gonna ask that you just come up very briefly and just share when it happens so we can remain relational with it. I'm gonna call these things out and we're gonna pray. Um, two weeks ago, God laid um, the actual um, things that we're about to read on my heart, but it actually all started about four days before that. Um, God started really stirring in my heart. There were some things that, um, uh, that he really wanted to do for some folks, um, you know, and obviously God wants to do a ton of work for everybody. But, but it was specifically for a Sunday. It was specifically for here. And that, um, you know, God wants to make some miracles. He wants to create, he wants to give an opportunity for some things to happen. Um, I, um, we were doing a pre-service prayer and uh, the guy, folks that were in there, I started, um, I mean, Jesus. I just started calling them out and uh, the situations. And then I got in here and do what I usually do. I end up writing them all down in the middle of the service. Honest, I'm listening, really. Um, the, there's two things I want to encourage you that, that um, and I, I feel like I need to say this, that there are people that this happens in their life all the time. There are people who look at somebody and God says they need encouraged. They need help. They need a prayer. And it happens every day, all the time. So if it happens every day, all the time to some people, that means it can happen to 
all of us. And the second thing very quickly is, please, I want to encourage you, have the courage. Don't shrink back. This is your moment. Don't shrink back. That's good. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. So just so if your questions are running through your head or anything, I don't, I don't blindly take any words from anybody and just like, so did he just take this list and now he's going to read it? No, this was two weeks of prayer. Chris, Chris and I both knew if it was months before it was released, then that's fine too. So we're not rushing anything. It's been prayerfully uh, considered. And I, I believe it's for today. I believe it's for right now. This is what I want to encourage you, just like Chris, is you're not going to wait for something to happen. If you come forward for any of these things, or if you just feel, if something's not mentioned, you feel like the Lord wants to give you a breakthrough in an area, don't come up and like wait to feel something or wait for somebody to pray. You're coming up in faith, believing that breakthrough is going to happen as we just close to worship. I want you to stand at this time. There's gonna be, I'm gonna read 11 different things here and I'm gonna add this one very specifically. If you are in this room and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, will you please come forward? There'll be, some, there'll be some altar workers up here. If you don't want anybody to pray with you for these, that's perfectly fine. But I want you to be able to, uh, to find him as Lord and Savior, find one of our prayer workers. I am gonna ask you this time too, I know there's just some people that have to leave for different reasons, but when I start to read these off, I, I really don't want any movement. I don't want you to, to leave. I don't want there to be a distraction. We're gonna call people forward after I list all these. Then we're gonna sing a song or two. If you need to leave after that, that's fine. If you're in the congregation singing, I want you to pray for those who are up here. Does that make sense? So we're gonna stay in the room for this moment. And if you have to go after that, that's fine. Yeah, Heavenly Father, we just ask God that you just move by your grace. We need you. We need you. We need you. We need you and only you. We need you and only you. first word says a woman who is in a deep affair God is breaking the yoke so you can get out second one says a couple that anger has overtaken your relationship God is going to show you where the anger is from and begin this healing and I believe that all these things will be a step of faith The third, a, woman, a woman's drug addiction that no one but your dealer knows about. God is telling you that he loves you right where you're at. Healing is yours today. And if you see, these aren't about the problem. These are about the potential. These are about the promise. Five teens, we believe, are in this room today whose identity has been shattered, but not by your own choice. Jesus is going to answer your prayers and begin to put you back to who you are. Next one, a woman who has lived through the pain of rape. God is setting you free and breaking the chains that bind you. And that, these things could be obviously to a variety of people, more than one. God is pulling a couple out of crippling money crunch, putting people in your path to teach you the next one, a man that is present, that is a closet alcoholic, meaning not other people know about it, but God is calling you out, not for embarrassment, but for healing today. 
There's a couple that God is calling you out of your business pursuits and into a ministry to businesses, helping others to develop these businesses. Somebody else, God is calling you out of an abusive relationship. Jesus will teach you how with others' help. Another one, a woman who carries a burden from your childhood, it defines you in a negative way. God says he forgives you and does not hold it against you to be free. This last one that he wrote says to a lot of people, you are good enough to serve me. You are good enough to serve me. Nothing will separate you from the Father. What I'd said before, if you don't know Jesus, this is a great day, a great day to meet him. So in the quietness of this moment, we will go into a time of worship. Oh, these uh, folks are up here. This is, what, this is very simple. If, you, if any of these things connected to you for any reason, is you just wanna come forward and just actually confess it to the Lord. You repent, you say, I'm turning away from these things with your help. Just ask the Holy Spirit begin to minister to you to minister to you. So in the quietness of this moment, if any of these words connected to you, I just want you to come down front. We're not gonna ask you what they are. I just want you to come down front to join me. If any of these areas connect with you. These are intense words, intense words. But I'll be here. Again, if you're on the altar team and you're gonna pray with people, just pray over them. Don't talk to them about what it is so they can confess whatever they need to the Lord. Father, we just confess to you today. We know we're doing what we know to do. We receive things from you. We walk in humility. We walk in prayer and we release them in the timing that you want us to release. So God, I am trusting that there has been and is still miracles taking place today. That there are addictions and bindings and sins that are being broken. And then there are also areas of discouragement and brokenness uh, being lifted up. And then there's areas of clarity and calling being given today. Father, I pray uh, for the hearts of anyone else that's here that was just too nervous to take this step down. I pray, God, that you would just minister to them in a unique way. Let them know that you love them, that you see them, that you want them to be able to walk in freedom and fulfillment and fruitfulness, that you want them to walk in the true joy of the Lord being their strength. So God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit at work. I thank you, God, that at any moment we can look to you, receive you as Lord and Savior, look to you for healing, look to you for restoration. I thank you, God, that when we leave this building, you're still at work and you're still in our lives and you're still processing growth through us. So Father, we pray for your holy and divine blessing to be upon us. Bind us up heal us up and strengthen us that we can benefit somebody else today. God, and I pray that there are friendships born tonight at our picnic, that there's relationships that are had, that there's encouragement and strength and comfort. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. You have a great week. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for joining us. 
Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.